0: Welcome to Cyphervision. and today's episode, Flat, Fast and Focus. That's not that easy to say, Frankie. You could have chosen a slightly simpler title.
1: Sorry, I think it's quite interesting, though, when you think about that in terms of IP.
0: Yeah, they're not always terms that you see applied to IP. We'll find out why. I'm Nigel Schweitzer, as you know, and joined by co-host Francesca Lavoie. But today's guest is Laurie Goins, Head of IP Strategy at Kindrel. And we may go on now, find out why Flat, Fast, and Focused is today's episode. Pleasure to have you with us, Laurie.
2: Thank you. Great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to have a conversation.
0: You're going to put people out of their misery and tell them why we've chosen the title.
2: (laughs) The quick story is that is the Kindrel way is Flat, Fast, and Focused. And those are core principles that we live by.
1: Brilliant. Looking forward to hearing a lot more about that during the podcast. So thank you so much, Laurie, for joining us. For our listeners, maybe you can give us a bit about your background and how you ended up as head of IP strategy at Kindrel.
2: Well, it was a very circuitous route to get here. I actually began my career as a technologist. I graduated from Penn State with a computer science degree and spent the first decade really just focusing on managing people, projects, programs. Went to a variety of different companies, including Verizon, Accenture, Fujitsu, focusing in different industries. Around the time that I was still working on my computer science degree, I was doing cooperative education. And ironically, I had worked at IBM and heard about patents. So it was always my dream to go to law school and then become a patent attorney. Life has a way of getting into the midst of things. And when I graduated from Penn State, I realized that law school was pretty expensive. So I thought I'd work 5 to 10 years before I went to law school. That 5 to 10 years turned into, I guess, more than 20 years. And eventually I did fulfill that dream of going to law school so that I could focus on patents or intellectual property. I like to say that my background was really about taking my business experience, combining it with my passion for technology, and now bringing in the third pillar being law. So I was looking for an intersection between business law and technology and intellectual property fits that to a T.
1: That sounds fascinating. When you were talking there, I was thinking, well, you've got computer science, which is all about numbers and wanting to do law, which is all about words. And you're kind of putting the two together. And I don't think you get many people who are necessarily able to do both. That sounds really fascinating. Could you maybe tell us a little bit about then how you moved from IBM to be head of IP strategy at Kindrel?
2: When I was graduating from law school, I actually interned with a group at IBM that focused on the patent monetization and enforcement. And because I had been in leadership for a very long time, I decided I needed to go back and make sure that I could do the bits and the bites, get my hands dirty at the low level, prove to myself from a technical perspective that I could still understand the lowest level that is involved when you're looking at patents. So I actually spent my first several years with IBM as a patent engineer, creating the proof charts and finding the infringement. Then I moved into the business development executive role, where I was the one responsible for closing deals of licensing and assigning the IP assets. From there, when Kindrel spun out, for those of you who don't know, IBM spun out about 90,000 employees 19 months ago they realized that they needed somebody to focus on IP strategy. So I was asked if I was interested. And when I had the conversation, I thought it sounds like a great
1: opportunity and I would be
2: crazy not to give it a try.
1: And could you talk a little bit about who you're reporting to at Kindle? Because it's probably not the traditional model of where a head of IP strategy would report into.
2: I've noticed uh, with some of my peers that they often are in the IP law department. I am an IP attorney, but I focus on the business side, bringing that business background, the technology background, the legal background. So I'm actually in the global CTO organization. Uh, If you realize the heritage of IBM, we enacted a similar structure at Kindrel in that The business owns the responsibility associated with intellectual property. We've kept that same concept that the business owns the patent portfolio, and then we have the IP law side that supports all of the efforts. But it's really making sure that we're aligning our business strategy and our IP strategy. And that's why I sit in the office of the CTO and not in a legal department.
1: And do you find that makes it easier or harder to communicate the value that IP is bringing to Kindrel?
2: For 29 years straight, IBM was the number one assignee of patents from the USPTO. So that 29 years of rich heritage of being the patent leader has been indoctrinated into a lot of the leadership we have at Kindrel. So it makes my job easier initially because they understand that IP is important. Now, you can debate, do they really say IP or do they say patents? Because patents are one portion of intellectual property. I typically like to say patents are the most tangible of the intangibles. So it's something that can be directly measured. You can look at your numbers. You can do marketing like we are the number one leader of patents. So in that regard, having that heritage
1: is beneficial. So you have the heritage of IBM. How do you navigate that to sort of move forward for Kindrel as a separate organization? So appreciating that
2: heritage is great. The challenge is expanding that definition. As I said, IP does not equal just patents. So at Kindrel, we're focused on expanding that to be innovation. And innovation can take many forms. It can be something that is improving the day-to-day processes. It can include, obviously, trade secrets, trademarks, patents, just intellectual capital as a whole. And so my challenge right now is we've got a huge embedded base of inventors and get them thinking broader. Because as you guys know, in the industry, a lot of people are talking, do we even... Do patents or do we keep it as trade secret? if it's not discoverable, why take the time to create a patent on it because you won't be able to enforce it So I'm looking at redefining and focusing on innovation and innovation can mean different things to different people. I like to simplify it to the effect that you're providing incremental improvement to deliver value and that value can be to the customer or to the company itself giving us the opportunity to redefine what it should be for Kindrel and not just taking what we did before. And that's really where the flat, fast and focused comes in. We're empowered to question everything, try to figure out, is there a better way to do things? Are we doing the right things? Just because we've done it that way in the past doesn't mean it's what we should be doing going forward. The blessing and the curse is that we have that opportunity, but at the same time, we have to keep operating the business in the day to day. So, how do you take and reshape mindsets and focuses and systems while continuing to be innovative and deliver value to your customer? So, that's some of my biggest opportunities, blessings, and curses right now.
1: You were talking about taking a new approach to innovation. You talked about it there as delivering. The- incremental improvement. It took me back to a podcast that we did with an economist called Barak Lev right back in, I think it was season one of Cypher Vision. And he talked about these strategic assets and the fact that you need to leverage these strategic assets so that you can have that competitive advantage. Nigel, if we're thinking about innovation and thinking about innovation, not just patents, how can we think about the value of that to an organisation?
0: I think Laurie may have nailed it with a sentence: you need to think about innovation. I think too many organizations say they're innovative, but the world of IP needs to measure things. It needs to be able to communicate value or mitigation of risk, one of the two. But if you can't do that, then innovation just becomes a a word. I love what Laurie was saying about IP is not just patents, it's just. Easy for IP professionals to cling on to patents as being measurable. But in today's economy, intangibles are such a big topic, such a contribution to value. You just need to think carefully about what you're putting into that bucket and then how you're going to measure it.
2: Measurements are always a challenge, right? And that's where you use tools, great tools like Cypher. We do use Cypher and it is part of that process of trying to come up with showing how your portfolio provides value or how you are thinking about demonstrating the value that those intangibles can have
0: joking aside we value our relationship with kindrel of course but can we just talk a little bit more about tools because no one wakes up in the morning saying i want a tool we have a problem and that might provide a solution How does analytics help you with evidence-based decisions? Are there any sort of stories you can tell?
2: Uh, You're right. We don't wake up saying, what tool can I go find today that can make my job easier? But if you do question everything and you stop and think, are we really doing the right thing? That leads itself to thinking about tools. You need to look at your entire process and step back and say, just because we've done it that way for the longest time, there's got to be something out there today that is a better way of doing it. So getting to your question about analytics, first is realizing that you have a problem that can be fixed. A lot of times the status quo is just to keep doing things the way you're doing it because you don't have time to do anything differently. But if you can set aside... The opportunity and get out and see what else is available that can make your process faster, flatter, more focused. That's really what you have to do. Analytics, and especially tools like Cypher, can really assist in that regard, taking your portfolio and analyzing it and understanding it. Because one of your common themes is always how many patents is enough, right? if you ever end up in litigation, you need to have at least one, one good one that reads on your competition. But how do you find that one good one? And that changes potentially based on a court decision. So it's an ever-changing fluid situation. So you can't rely on something you did last week or last year to be appropriate for you this week or next week.
0: And just for those listeners who haven't quite understood the irony of one good one, I think whilst it's true, it's also somewhat of a fallacy. Offhand, Laurie, do you know how many patents that Pinderel own?
2: We have around 3,300, 3,400 patents. I think the number is around 2,200 families.
0: Now, of course, if I was asking you the question about your favourite child, you might well be able to answer that quite quickly. But if I ask you for your favorite patent, without the power of analytics, you're absolutely lost to understand the size and shape of the portfolio or which sets of patents because they are related to each other. So I wouldn't want any any listeners in the technology world to go hunting for a single patent. 3,300, maybe too few, maybe it's too many. But certainly, I wouldn't like to encourage any of our listeners to think about taking portfolios of that size down to one.
2: And that one depends on who is on the other side of the table. So the one against company A is different than the one against company B. So you have to be able to understand your risks and what you're trying to protect
1: against. We've talked a bit about flat, fast and focused. You talked about always looking at what you're currently doing and looking for a better option or a smarter way of doing something. We've also talked about the fact that IP is not necessarily the fastest moving thing on the planet. So how do you marry that up with the speed that Kindrel wants to move at? A lot of ways I feel like I'm playing catch up
2: because... The business has to continue to operate seamlessly while we still focus on delivering value to the customers, can't skip a beat. I was not part of GTS business unit that spun out. So I am learning the business as I focus on determining the best way to protect our intellectual capital, being, you know, our employee expertise, our organizational processes, et cetera, beyond just patents, but expanding that definition of IP. So I know that it's important to understand what gives us a competitive advantage, then work to educate our employees to make sure it's protected. One of the easier tasks goes back to the tangible aspect of patents, looking at our existing portfolio, mapping it to our current business strategy to ensure we have adequate coverage and determining, do I need more patent submissions in a particular area? Or again, if it's not discoverable or it's something that we feel will give us a competitive advantage that we want to keep secret, then let's make it as a trade secret instead. Ultimately, the goal is to figure out what is the best option that fits the corporate needs and then implement that so that we're providing the best protection possible.
1: I wanted to pull us back in a little bit to thinking about innovation and having a diverse group of individuals who are coming up with that innovation. You're a woman in IP, which is not necessarily a common thing at the moment. How do you encourage that diversity to get Kindle to be flat, fast and focused and drive innovation across a whole range of diverse individuals?
2: That is a challenge. I know the entire industry right now is trying to figure out how to get more underrepresented inventors involved in the patenting process or increasing women, increasing different ethnicities and as I attend a lot of the different industry events, I'm learning a lot from my peers, things like the adapt.legal program, shout out to Braxton Davis with the NCPP. So I find that internally I'm focusing on trying to understand what may be keeping a particular group from being inventors right now, the easiest one to focus on appears to be females because the USPTO has an effort they've released a lot of numbers about the percentage of female inventors so personally i have an interest in seeing more females as inventors i'm heading to india tomorrow for the purpose of understanding our inventor population and helping them submit more patent ideas and one of the things that I'm doing is getting a group of women together to understand what may be keeping you in India from submitting more inventions as a female. If I can understand the foundational aspects, then I can work to change that and improve it. And I realized too that our inventors throughout the world were in 60 countries. So what motivates or deters in one country is different than another. So I'm looking at going to Japan and Eastern Europe and potentially Australia. And so understanding what those factors are so that we then can figure out how to make a a difference, how to change that. And I think sometimes you just have to go out and get your hands dirty in order to figure out what is the best solution. And one size doesn't fit all, but in a, a large organization such as Kindrel with the 90,000 employees, I want to figure out at least the common denominators that we can remove as barriers so that we can get more females initially, and then we'll start expanding out to the different underrepresented groups.
1: Thank you, Lori. It's really interesting to see. And I think we've had Mike Bins and Braxton Davis on the podcast as well, talking about the ADAPT programme. So it's great to see the IP industry taking initiatives like this and the work that you're doing in Kindrel as well. I'd now like to move on and ask you what you think the future holds. We've talked about a number of different topics. What do you think that the future holds for Kindrel and innovation would be great to hear?
2: I view innovation as a mindset. It's not just a term that's associated with intellectual property. I see it's a tremendous opportunity for Kindrel to be innovative. At Kindrel, I feel we've got that opportunity right now to question everything and figure out a better way of doing things. Quote, our CIO, Michael Bradshaw, describes Kindrel as client zero. We are reinventing ourselves, replacing old infrastructure and systems with industry best-of-breed products. So we're able to shed history and things that weren't working the way that they should be working, or that were hurting, not helping. And we get to walk into the next millennium with the best of all things. So. I see that innovation for Kindrel is an opportunity. We can take that flat, fast, focused mentality and apply it to ourselves, which then gives us a great foundation to do for our customers and say, look, if we can do it for ourselves at 90,000 employees, think of what we can do for you as well.
0: Okay. So, Laurie, it sounds like you have your work cut out with the largest startup in the world. What message would you give to the audience? What key takeaway do you think they could learn from your experiences that they could apply?
2: My takeaway that I'd like to share with everybody is don't be afraid to question everything. The only constant we have is change. So take the time to ask basic questions. Why are we doing what we're doing? Should we be doing something different? What is our goal? Is there a better way to accomplish our goal? If it makes you uncomfortable to think of asking these questions, then you probably should be asking more questions like this, not less.
0: Thank you. In the world of IP, it's tempting to focus on patents as the most tangible of intangibles, as Laurie said. But there are many paths to protecting the intellectual property of an organization, from trademarks to trade secrets and everything in between. IP strategy is the essential function within all businesses to optimize protection and exploitation of these assets in a way that aligns and stays aligned with business strategy. Laurie epitomizes what it takes to lead IP strategy in a new organization. Assume nothing. Listen to everyone from corporate executives to the engineers. Make evidence-based decisions. Don't assume that a strategy that has worked well for IBM will work well for Kindrel. Be innovative. In a world of technological change that is fast and furious, strive to understand those improvements that will add value to your organization. Thank you, Laurie, for the conversation.
2: Thank you, Nigel and Frankie for including me today.
0: Thank you for tuning into the Cypher Vision podcast series. Please continue the conversation on social using hashtag Cypher and share your thoughts on today's episode on Flat, Fast and Focused.